the Cincinnati Bengals are in the freaking Super Bowl. Anyone else still scratching their heads on how we got here to this point in time? At the start of the season, the question was more along the lines of, will Joe Burrow be healthy enough this season? Not, will they be playing at the biggest stage at the end of the year? So how did the Bengals exactly go from being just a four-win team, losing their starting quarterback last year, to being one of two teams left standing this year? What was that turnaround process like? Well, it starts with group flow. This is episode 165 of Forever Athlete Radio, where together we go far. I'm your host, Corey Camp, Forever Athlete founder and your personal flow coach, helping you optimize your life one conversation at a time. Today, we are previewing the Super Bowl, talking performance through group flow and how we can be a better leader in our life today, not just as individuals, but more importantly, how do we impact the people around us? It starts with group flow. What exactly is group flow, you might be asking? It's when a group of people get together and click on all cylinders. They start firing on the cylinders that we are watching the Bengals fire on right now. It's what we witness when that team just gets hot at the right time or when a company continues to drive innovation. We're looking at you, Apple, right? We see what they've continually done over the not just past decade, but really past 20, 30 years at this point. You know that beautiful thing about group flow is We don't have to be on a professional sports team to take advantage of it. And I'm going to show you how. Whether you're a solopreneur trying to scale your company to that next level, or you're an employee within a larger organization, we can all get into group flow together and benefit from it. Heck, you can get into group flow experience with your partner or really a stranger that you just met. It's anytime we are interacting with someone more than just ourselves. We're going to show you how to do exactly that today. It starts with understanding, first and foremost, the group flow triggers, the preconditions that when they are present, help get into and deepen and really heighten that experience that is the human experience on a day-to-day basis. And it's really, as I'm going through these, I want you to look at it and through a lens, whether it's a sports team, this is going to help you bet smarter on sports teams, whether that be the Bengals here. And if you can't tell, we're betting on the Bengals. We're hedging that one. We're rooting for him. We're pulling for him. And you'll you'll see why at the end of this episode. So understanding group triggers, right? Group flow triggers. What are they? Well, there's really 14 that we're going to dive into a little bit surface level here today. Then we're going to go through three ways that you can start to actively mix these in and create your own recipe for more group flow on a day-to-day basis, whether that be in your relationships, the workplace, it doesn't matter. It will show up. So number one, first group flow trigger that we are looking at is shared goals. We see this in sports. We see this in companies, right? Having a general idea of where to steer the ship is going to be very pivotal in group group flow success. The more everyone is going to be on the same page here, sharing in a vision, a mission, the closer the connection that can develop between all of you. Teams that actually embody their mission and actually embody the vision do better long-term than teams that just share it once, they set it and forget it, right? A goal should be more than just something that is words or a poster board or sign in the office. It should be spoken into every single action of day-to-day life. It's going to be better than anything of that rah-rah sales meeting that so many companies try and think that's going to be what sets the culture. That's not what sets the culture. Every single day is what sets the culture, not just that one-off scenario. We are some of what we do repeatedly. So revisiting shared goals time and time again goes a long way in driving group flow. Number two, we got close, deep listening our ability to truly be listening, becoming an active listener, not just to our teammates, 
But those around us, our partner really allows for innovation and collaboration to arise in that process. We must be fully engaged to energize those around us in a world full of distractions, right? This gets harder and harder to do, but the flow is worth the focus. And ironically, focus drives flow. So be locked in. When you are having team meetings, when you're sitting down with your partner, be engaged, be deeply listening to what they have to say, it's going to develop a closer relationship and it's going to help you drive group flow together. Number three, kind of a continuation off that complete concentration. Flow exists in this present moment, in this present moment only, not anywhere else. The team must not be focused on the outcomes, the rewards, or the punishments of their performance. The only thing that matters is the endeavor itself. I want you to Repeat that again. Really let that soak in. The only thing that matters is the endeavor itself, right? So we got to be locked in on this present moment. What does that look like? That's why we must leave our issues at the door when it comes time to really sit down and focus. We want to make sure that we have the space to be completely concentrated on the task at hand. And we have to have a short-term memory, right? We just saw it when the Bengals were down 18 points to the Chiefs. If they really let that present moment like get away from them there, they wouldn't be able to rally back and be in still playing in the playoffs at this point in time. So being able to lock in complete concentration at the task at hand, forget about the things that just happened, use that as feedback, adjust and plan accordingly, really unlocks that complete concentration. Number four, we have to have a blending of egos that exists. We call this the hive mind, and oftentimes when we are no longer acting solely and accordingly or in accordance to our inner sense of self, we become a part of so much more. You feel like you are a part of everyone around you and you get totally immersed in the experience at hand. That's why group flow can be so powerful. Think of the best orchestras in the world for a second. All of their individual egos, they get blended together to create this overall elevated symphony that wouldn't exist by any one of them alone. The egos have to blend together and it produces a profound result in that process. Number seven might be a little counterintuitive, but being in control, there has to be an individual sense of autonomy there. And it's key to helping us feel flow in that moment, right? If we feel like we're in the driver's seat of our sense of self, the more autonomy that we have, the more flow we can experience in that moment, the best teams, yes, they have the shared goal, but complete freedom on how to, how to reach it. We let Joe Burrow be Joe Burrow in the pocket and we see the results. We let Jamar Chase run the routes that he is really destined to run and he is gifted at and we see what happens. Same with T. Higgins. We see it time and time again. When we let players just be them and allow them to express themselves in the confines of the system, they have a really unique sense of control that they are moving the needle for, which believe it or not, is another group flow trigger, but we're going to get to that in a second. Being in control is really what it all is about. We don't like to be micromanaged. This is the opposite. This would be a flow blocker, the opposite of that autonomy in the workplace, being micromanaged. No one likes to be micromanaged. It doesn't actually do anything. And oftentimes it's a reflection of the boss, the management, really unable to let go of their need for control and empower their employees to feel in control because they're worried about something else coming up. So blend that ego, 
allow and empower those around you to be in control and know that you are in control as well of this moment. You have the autonomy to create whatever you need to create and the environment and the culture around you should support that. Number eight, we have equal participation. Members of that team know how to contribute equally to that activity at hand. They should really have comparable skill levels, right? And complement one another. We say this time and time again, but think about your Steve Jobs, your Steve Wozniak, different skills, but very complementary of one another. Hence why Apple is that company that we see it today. And it has that continued sustained excellence culture around it. Number nine, we have familiarity, right? Being familiar with each other's performance style goes a long way in flow. Why do you think Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase clicked so well? Well, they played for a number of years at LSU together, actually just a year, but that's besides the point. They had a level of familiarity before taking it on to the next stage of the NFL. You don't have to be best friends with the people around you. You don't have to complete their sentences, but you should have an understanding of how they perform especially in novel situations when really shit hits the fan and you guys are faced with the thick of it, you want to understand how are you going to respond? How and trust, how are those people around you going to respond in that moment? Be able to hang your hat on that. Having that familiarity goes a long way in driving that group flow forward. Number 10, open communication. How do you get familiar with one another? Well, you got to freaking talk about it. You have to understand and be in an environment where open communication is actually encourage not this open door policy quote unquote that exists in a lot of cultures but there's still that fear of well will i look dumb they're not going to understand me how's this going to reflect on future performance if i actually come forth and be open there has to be a level of communication a level of familiarity and trust in place there so that people can really truly communicate what is on their heart what is on their mind and that moves us closer to flow that's why vulnerability honesty, and openness should be fundamental value of any team, any culture, any workplace. The more open you can be with one another, the more flow that can be collectively produced in that moment. I'm a firm believer of that. Number 11, we got moving it forward, right? Think of improv here, being able to build off of one another when the going gets tough, right? And take that last step and build onto it really goes a long way in creating something a little bit deeper each time. The brain gets flooded with these feel-good neurochemicals. We're talking serotonin, dopamine, all of that fun stuff, that flow cocktail that is going on when we are making forward progress. We get lit up by forward progress. So that's compounded when we as a team collectively are making progress towards that shared goal. Focus on progress and growth and watch what that will do to your overall performance as a collective moving forward. Number 12, we have shared risk, shared risk. That feeling of flow is tenfold when the stage lights are on, it's time to reform. And it really boils down to how well do you harness the stage fright, the performance anxiety into a powerful flow state? How do you make it work for you rather than against you? It's through shared risk. When there's shared risk on the line, when you and I step up to it and we have money down or whatever it is, we are more likely to rise to that occasion because there's some risk involved. And each of us have a different risk tolerance. So openly communicate with one another, where does your risk tolerance fall? How do we make sure that we are using this and leveraging it to our advantage rather than continue to drive stress, anxiety, and all the negative flow blockers that you and I don't want in our life or we wanna limit as much as possible, right? 
much like this playoff team that is always constantly facing elimination, there's that shared risk. They win or they go home. That's why there's nothing more exciting than the championship game, the game seven, whatever it may be. We can create our own game seven like environment by using shared risk to our advantage and looking at how to do so. And lastly, we got empathy, right? Gary V. If you're not familiar with him, you should be. You're probably living under a rock. But he talks about this as an emotional ingredient of winning businesses in his most recent book, 12 and a Half. And it's talked about there for a reason. Our ability to empathize with our teammates allows us to develop a trust that they have our back no matter what. When we fully understand what those around us are going through, we deepen the level of familiarity. We remove our ego. And we feel more comfortable taking on more risks. Empathy is this great accelerator of building familiarity with those around you. And look at this. I want you to notice through that list of group flow triggers, notice how similar and nuanced each of them are, but there's so much overlap there, right? These triggers, they're not mutually exclusive of one another. In fact, the more that you're able to mix and match and get it that formula just right, the more likely you're able to create that unstoppable flow that you all are after as a group and you are after as an individual peak performer listening to this episode. You also probably noticed that there's this really, I want to say culture, this norm in place where company culture talks about these things, but rarely backs it up, right? So how do we back it up? How do we make sure that the company culture is a result of your really the collective ability to get into group flow and making sure that this flow recipe is something that is ingrained in the day-to-day life, not just these one-off things where we brought in a guest speaker, we brought in, we had a sales meeting, we had a team meeting once and we forgot about it. Most blogs, podcasts, everything on leadership out there give you the generic, the overplayed and the often corny team building exercises to improve team chemistry. We're not like most podcasts. We're not like most blogs, right? Let's look at three ways today that are going to be unique to really develop you into deeper group flow, no matter what the environment is, and improve your team's overall efficiency. Again, whether it is your relationship, whether it is your team meeting at work, we're going to help you move the needle forward. Number one is actually something that we do with Forever Athlete, raise your vibration hour. And there's a reason why I implemented this to drive group flow and to bring and drive conscious human connection through this simple process. I want to share it with you today. Once a week, I encourage you to create a social hour. That's one focus is on raising the vibration of your team. What does that look like? It starts with a shared expression of gratitude. Have each member of the team say aloud something that they are truly grateful for in that moment. It doesn't have to be work-related. In fact, encourage you to not make it work related. This can be really powerful when Susie speaks up and expresses her appreciation for how another teammate maybe stepped up and handled her work as she dealt with something, maybe of a family crisis at home. From a gratitude perspective, we want to then shift to an open forum feedback discussion. Again, open communication, right? Having the space set where people can be open, they can be honest, and they can be vulnerable, and they can speak truly what's on their heart, what's on their mind. If they have questions around why is this certain policy in place? Why are we taking this sales approach? I don't understand the new commission structure. I don't understand why you don't text me back on a day-to-day basis for your partner. Whatever those things that are triggering for you and has left you scratching your head, this is the time and the place to 
clear the air, clear the space, and get on the same page. We're going to work through that together, and it's going to be productive. We're going to be thinking improv, move that needle forward in that process. During this discussion, it should be focused on the feedback each employee has received throughout that last week, giving them the floor to speak openly and to how they feel about certain things going on, allowing that space to truly clarify what they might not be fully understanding. That is key in actually living into an open door policy here. Getting on the same page, it's gonna knock out shared goals. It's gonna blend your egos. It's gonna encourage equal participation and open communication triggers as well as a plethora of others. Talk about a cascade of flow into that flow cocktail, all right? If you're a company, I highly suggest implementing some variation of your raise your vibration hour into your weekly meetings. It'll be more beneficial to your team's success than the boring, really boring them about the sales quota and driving numbers and all of that. Just trust me here. Take a second, compartmentalize work for a second and really get to know the individuals that are working collectively on a day-to-day -day basis because truly that's what it's all about. Number two is introduce a question encouraged environment. We've all heard the saying, right? There's no such thing as a bad question yet somewhere along the way, in most companies and most relationships, questions get labeled as bad. Employees, partners stop feeling comfortable enough to ask them. There's a time and place for every question. And while some questions might annoy your teammates when you ask them in the group setting, you getting clear on where you need to go is priority number one. You want to make sure that you are honoring your feelings as well as the feelings of those around you. So setting the space, making sure that it is a container that allows you to introduce a question, ask what you need, what your heart needs in that moment goes a long way. Leaders in business need to create an environment that encourages questions and not just from the lower levels up to manage it, but the other direction as well. Most rifts on teams are a result of not being on the same page. We would call these flow blockers. And really the opposite of what we're seeking. As a leader in your company, step up, ask questions of your employees, especially the new employees. We want to make sure that they are bought in on the culture. You have the opportunity to set the example. If your employees are really asking, if your employees see you asking questions of them, sorry, they will be more likely to ask and return. Open communication is this two-way street that we need to follow. Don't complain when numbers are down if you never ask your employees how they're doing. P.S. You actually have to care about their answers. They have to be a genuine ask. They have to be authentic, and your employees will feel that if it's just a, I'm going to check the box. I need to check in how Sally's doing today. No. Care about the people around you. Genuinely be invested, and if you need to, Make sure that you set boundaries, set the container, set the space ahead of time so that you can fully invest. I want to give you an example of something that comes up a lot with people that I work with. Oftentimes, going into life performance coaching can be a heavy thing. And as a coach, I recognize that. I recognize when I have a client that's going through a crisis, I need to be very cognizant of what they need and also cognizant of what I need in that present moment. So when they text me in full-on crisis mode, and I don't have the capacity, I need to clearly communicate to that, that to them. I need to let them know that, hey, I see you, I recognize you, and I understand what you're going through. However, I'm about to go into something myself, or I'm going through something at this exact moment in time, and I don't have the capacity to give you the response that you deserve. And that's my number one priority. I want to let you know that I see your request, and I will get back to you a little bit later on. 
that way I'm not letting, I'm not leaving them on red. I'm not letting them, you know, feel undervalued or unseen or hidden. We're acknowledging how they're feeling and I'm acknowledging how I'm feeling as well. And I'm going to give them a more powerful deep dive answer when the time and place is right. I encourage you to do the same thing in your relationships, in your business, your company, whatever it may be. If you don't have the space for especially dealing with heavy stuff, if people come to you with something very, very heavy, instead of letting it train wreck your day, set some boundaries in place, set a time, set the space and go from there. Lastly, ironically, is creating boundaries for workflow. Open floor office plans absolutely suck for individual flow. We know complete concentration is needed, right? To be able to achieve flow. So really, whenever we have this open floor office plan, why it sucks so much is it rarely allows for that complete concentration because you're constantly, hey, 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 you're constantly, hey, do you have this? Have you done this yet? You're constantly bombarded by distractions. Team meetings should be the time where collaboration and really communication happens the most. On top of that, outside of that, one of the most helpful top-down boundaries that we will encourage you to place to really increase better efficiency on a day-to-day basis in your team and in your own life is creating expectations around email because that's the number one communication method or Slack channels, whatever your team or company uses, having expectations clearly laid out ahead of time there. Email specifically, odds are your email, your inbox is being flooded with messages from clients, bosses, important reminders, and every single clothing company that you've ever somehow signed up for and continue to get their messages, no matter how many times you think you've hit unsubscribed or anything like that. As a side note, I want to provide a pro tip for you right now. If you feel like you're getting bombarded with emails, use unroll.me. That's U-N- R-O-L-L dot me. It is this free service. I am not an affiliate by any means, but I love their work because it allows you to quickly unsubscribe from all of those pesky uh, emails that you don't even remember signing up for in the first place. We got you. We're looking out for you. I want you to be distraction proof. I want you laser locked in on the things that you need to get done. Companies and leaders in particular need to ditch the unrealistic expectation though that everyone should be on their email at all times. The average knowledge worker, the average worker checks their email 36 times an hour. How the hell are you supposed to focus and concentrate if you check your email once every two minutes? You can't. That's where the decision fatigue gets into play. That's why our brain is constantly foggy and we're feeling burnt out all the time because we have, we're constantly on edge. Where's that latest email? Why hasn't it come? create boundaries around the email, create expectations and communicate them to the people around you. Hey, I only check email twice a day or I check email once an hour at the top of the hour. So if you send me something, just know that's the expectation and you can move forward, right? We want to create these boundaries that encourage a, an F off, I'm flowing block period of time to actually exist in your day-to-day. This allows you and your teams to actually get the things done they need to get done. Boundaries are what protect your focus, they protect your flow, and remember, focus drives flow. The clearer we can communicate these boundaries to be successful, the more flow triggers, again, that we are able to meet. See how they all compound on one another? At the end of the day, 
It doesn't matter where you are, who you are. You need to be able to trust the people around you from your spouse to your coworkers, to your teammates, the more chemistry that exists there, the more flow you are able to get to in your day-to-day life. At Forever Athlete, we are focused on growing further together, creating group flow experiences that do just that. If you're looking for more flow in your everyday life, come join our Forever Athlete community over on Discord, where you can connect with high-quality life teammates from all over the world. We'll have that linked below in the notes and the show notes. It truly pays to have good teammates. Happy Friday, my friend. We're pulling for the Bengals in this one because... Quite honestly, when I look at the Rams roster, I don't see a plethora of these group flow triggers. But when I look at every single Bengals interview, everything, just communication on the field, how they carry themselves, I see not just one of these. I see multiples of these time and time again. They're consistent. So we're going to be rooting for them to pull this one off. Might be unrealistic to some people, but just trust me. And and maybe, maybe I'm wrong, but just trust me here. I'm pulling for them. Let's find our flow this weekend as they find their flow on the field. May you flow on this week. If you need anything, reach out, share this with a friend, family member, or teammate. I'll see you soon.